Hey guys, this is Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I'm really happy to bring on Michael Quinichet, whose name I hope I pronounced correctly. Uh, if I did not, let me know, Michael. Uh, Michael's a great massage therapist working out of, I believe, Sacramento. And Michael, can you give them a little bit of information about yourself, um, maybe how you got into massage, and also where they can contact you, either your website or your social media? Yep, absolutely. So first of all, yes, you got my last name right. Uh, and so, <laughs> right, fist pump. Uh, so, so I am originally from a small town outside of Columbus, Ohio. Columbus is the capital of the state of Ohio. And uh, I'm 40 years old now. And I lived there for 38 or so years. And so I just recently moved to a small town just north of Sacramento. And now I work in kind of the more popular area of Sacramento with my own business. Uh, so for me, the 32nd version of me um, is that, uh, so I'm an only child. And I think I say that because I think it's helped me to pave my own way. So I think we have brothers and sisters. It's easy to be able to, to try to grab the attention of your parents, you know? And so uh, because I had all of the love from my mom and my dad. Um, I feel like that helped me with my confidence. And so in terms of going to massage school, it was something I wanted to do as a secondary option. So I'm also a professional stage actor, studied musical theater, singing, acting, dancing. And so when I was on tour, specifically in Florida, I did a production of The Full Monty, a national tour. And I was looking for a massage. This was probably in 2000 and six before google before facebook you'd look in like these back of cd papers to try to find a massage place and so i had actual pain and so you know from singing and dancing eight times a week so i needed some place to be able to actually like help me loosen my neck loosen my shoulders and so i just thought why don't i just do this myself so i can learn more about my body and it wasn't until the first day of school when i learned about cells nucleus mitochondria that I became a super nerd, and that was really it. Races were running. I finished school in 2016, and I've been a therapist since April of 2016. Oh, nice. It was actually, I, I thought you'd been working as a therapist much longer. When I've looked at your social media content, your sort of enthusiasm and excitement about what you do, as well as like, um, so like I even follow you on TikTok. So it, it's fun. But at the same time, it's informative. Like, I actually thought you'd been working longer than that, which I mean is a compliment, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I came out guns blazing. I was like, hey, if I'm going to do this massage thing, if I'm going to own my own business, I'm going in all the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the uh, the show, Michael, is you've been um, kind of working with me at a distance um, I can see from your social media, you've added some time massage to like your menu of services and what you're doing. Um, it looks like you're working a little bit more in a focused way with the LGBTQ community. And uh, did you want to talk about that specifically and like how that manifests in your practice? Yeah, absolutely. And so um, to backtrack a little bit, uh, I do want to give people my social media in case they want to find out where I am and to see what I do. Sure. So uh, someone, of course, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, all as Q's Massage Studio, QS Massage Studio. Uh, that's my handle. Uh, I'm on TikTok as well. 
uh, I think on TikTok, my handle is Sacramento Massage. And it's because it's such a new platform that I was able to snag that very easy, recognizable uh, handle, which is awesome. Uh, my website is qsmassagestudio.com, qsmassagestudio. And so that's where you can find me online. So for me, I am gay. I'm a homosexual man. And so the reason why I focus now on specifically the LGBTQ plus population is because they're the ones who sought me out first. When I was in yeah. school, uh, when I was in school, going through clinic, learning how to massage, I would just naturally talk to my friends and let them know I'm in massage school. They knew I was in massage school. And so they wanted free massages, you know? So, and my, the majority of my friends are gay, you know, gay males, um, specifically, sp- uh, specifically larger gay guys, which we call bears, big, yeah. fat, hairy guys. Um, and so they're the ones who came out to me initially to want to get massages. And so it was kind of a natural progression for me. Once I graduated school, when I started working at a spa to have those guys come see me at the spa, then I wanted to do my own thing. And so they were the ones I gravitate towards, um, because I knew them, they knew me. So it, it felt like a natural progression to want to be a part of and have the LGBTQ plus community be my people because uh in addition to me being a part of the community they just it's it's a niche that no one's really working with specifically and so being a gay person you're already marginalized you know you already grow up in elementary school middle school high school thinking that you're a sinner and you're going to hell and so that idea is already a narrative that's going in your brain. So no matter what the services you're looking for, whether it be a haircut or you're getting a massage or an accountant, you're already weary of approaching any of those service providers because you're afraid they're going to shame you for who you are. So for me, putting that out in the front of my platform, being a LGBTQ plus and queer trans of people plus base therapists, I think it helps them to relax their shoulders and go, hey, this person actually isn't going to discriminate against me. And they're also a part of my community. And I also yeah. need health and wellness in my life. Yeah. It's it's interesting when, when people talk about target market, and I see this sometimes as an educator, when, when I talk about target market, the therapists think they're only serving the interests of that particular target market. So like if, let's say it's CrossFitters. Like if you work with CrossFitters, you only work with CrossFitters. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It just means that the bulk of your marketing and message goes to these people. But once the CrossFitters like you, Joe sends his mom and his grandma and his kid and his uncle. And it's the same thing with any, you know, target market uh, community. It's really interesting to me that I think massage therapists don't understand that facet of the business I've had conversations as, you know, a straight, you know, cishet male, like how do I basically without putting a rainbow sticker on my door, how do I let people know that I'm open to those members of the community? And usually what's happened is, you know, gay men, particularly when they would work with me, they could tell I wasn't afraid of them. There was no shame. It was just like, oh, okay. uh, So you live differently than other people? Well, that's cool. All right. Uh, do you have consensual relationships and give people good orgasms? Well, that's good. 
Like, what's the problem? <laughs> You're right. Right. Exactly. It's very simple. Yeah. And for me, this, this issue is such a very, it's a human issue. We're human beings. It's a pretty simple yeah. issue for me. Well, I, I think the acceptance, you know, how much, how much tension does it add when you, when you add it in? Like, oh, yeah, you're already afraid you're going to die and go to hell. <laughs> it's like, right. I'm a little stressed just from hearing that, you know. It's right. like I don't think about that every day when I get up. Yeah, the, you know. You were going to say something, Trent? Hey, hey Noel. Hey, yeah. what's up? So, uh, Michael, because you have a, a specific niche, like uh, within the industry, within that community, like what are some of the things that come up for you that maybe you would want to educate people on? Um, some of the things that you know, I'm always going to be uh, in the age of Me Too. I'm always the white guy. Like I'm always going to be like operating from this sense of privilege in a sense where some things I kind of have blinders on, like what do some people n need to know about maybe having a target market within the LGBT plus community? So that's a good question. Um, so I think first of all, they just need to recognize that all of us have baggage, of course, in our lives, you know, relationship baggage, we have baggage from, you know, workplace we have baggage from when we grow up our families we have you know we, we all have experiences that we just uh, we all have negative experiences in our life and so just recognizing that if you're not a part of that community if you're not lesbian gay bisexual or transgendered questioning asexual non-binary um if you're not a part of that community just recognize that these people if they choose to come to you they are already, they're, they're going to be weary because you're not a part of their community. And we're, we're trying to protect ourselves from any kind of backlash or any kind of hate speech. And so if we're coming to you, there must be something about you that we already see as positive. So that is good, just to let you know that. Um, to know also that Specifically with massage therapists and the intake form, little things go a long way, like using, uh, not assuming their pronouns. So that's a big thing nowadays. And so just because someone presents themselves or looks like they are masculine, you know, who knows? They may go by they or a she yeah. or whatever it is. So just recognizing that they're, the easiest way to navigate that is to just always use their name. Instead of, if you're unsure of the pronoun when this person comes in, um, you could even on your intake form, just include that on your intake form. You know, one line. You know, what pronouns uh, should I use? And then they can fill it in. And so then you already know without um, trying to fumble over words. So the pronoun game, I think, is a big issue. Just having that on your intake form will help. Uh, I think also letting them, really getting to, with any massage therapist, getting to the issue of why, I'd like to ask them, why, why are you coming to see me? What is it about me that made you want to come see me? There are hundreds of therapists in this city, you know, what is it about me? So that you know what it is about you that makes them attracted to you and your business, what it was online were the keywords online that they saw that helped them to realize, oh, okay, this person's cool. So that you know what words, what keywords you're using, what photos you're using, 
what it is that drew them to you. So just um, uh, before they come into your business, um, if you're wanting to attract more LGBTQ plus people, I think it is great to have rainbow flags on your um, on your websites, on your social media. I think I, um, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think as a queer person, I actually would appreciate someone having those logos on their site outside of the month of June because then they recognize you're not just trying to get their money only in those yeah. 30 days, you know? So having the visibility, even on your site, on your social media, it could be a little thing. It, could, it doesn't have to be anything big. Um, but just even having that on your site does wonders, having that visibility, you know, all of the other 11 months out of the year. So those are a couple of couple things that I think can help with your visibility and the, um, and the likelihood that someone of that community will want to come to uh, have your services. Yeah. I think, you know, therapists, um, certainly not you. I mean, I, we've sort of connected through social media over time. There's been Instagram messages and TikTok likes and shares and, you know, things like that. But I think for a lot right. of therapists, they're not, they're not <clears throat> writing articles, making videos with a, a blog post and the video goes in the blog post about these issues and embedding that information on their website and I think they're diminishing the power that that stuff has. It's not just, I don't know, like if I say marketing or advertising is just dry. If I say, why don't you actually connect with your audience? Why don't you write articles that like pull on people's heartstrings and let them know that everybody's accepted in your facility? You know, then it's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. That's marketing and advertising, <laughs> like, you know, because if I say it, it sounds like it's very business oriented, but it's really about connecting with the people that you can really have a deep connection and resonance with. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really agree with that. I think that uh, one of the big mistakes I see massage therapists doing is just not uh, always trying to go for the jugular, the sale. Like, hey, I have massage appointments available at 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. It's like, what? Well, I don't know you. Why would I want to come see you? You know? <laughs> and, you know? And so I just think, like, you got to give them a reason. Like, people want to know that you care. So I think putting out, like, valuable content, you know, um, talking about, like even your space. Like one of the first things I did when I moved to Sacramento and I got my first studio is that I wanted to show people my space. So I hang up a couple flags. I have a, in my old space, I had a, uh, the rainbow pride flag. I had the leather pride flag and the bear pride flag um, because those are communities. Those are visual markers. And I wanted to talk about how I'm also a part of the leather and kink community because those are people who, of course, also need a massage. And that's just a relatability factor. I wanted to show visually in my office a representation of the people I care about. Um, I think therapists just need to talk more about what they do. You know, yeah. talk about your table. It holds this much weight. Um, talk about, you know, your, um, you know, where you are in the city. Like, I'm, I'm in the Midtown area of Sacramento, which is also... The, and within Midtown, I'm in an area called Lavender Heights, which is the gay, the gayborhood is what we call it. So I'm in the gayborhood of the Midtown area 
of Sacramento and I'm there intentionally because I'm gay. I work on the gays. And so therapists just needing uh, whether just finding out what they're good at. Are they good at talking? Are they good at writing? Are they good at drawing? Like whatever it is, producing um, content that is not sales based. No more pitches. I think pitches should go out the window. should be all about talking about like why your place is great. Showing maybe there are uh, clients that you've had before. Talking to them about, have them tell people why they like you. Just giving people reasons to like you. That's not based on my, I have 4.30 p.m. available. Yay. Like, who cares? So that's, that's my thing. Great to take a quick five-minute break. Hi, this is Trent Knox, podcast producer and videographer for Robert Gardner Wellness. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. It means a lot to Robert and I that you would take the time out of your day to hear what Robert and his guests have to say. May I ask you of a quick favor? If you have gotten any value out of this podcast, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, and share the link on social media. Once again, thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right. I said five minutes, but it was really just take five. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Michael Quinichet, I said it correctly? Yes. Yep. Good. Go ahead and tell them again, where can they find your website or find your own social media? So, my website is qsmassagestudio.com, qsmassagestudio.com. You can also find me uh, on Facebook under Q's Massage Studio. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Twitter under uh, the handle Q's Massage Studio. You can find me on um, TikTok, I think under Q's Massage Studio or Sacramento Massage. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn as well, Q's Massage Studio. Uh, And my YouTube page. If you type in Q's Massage Studio, you'll find my YouTube page as well. Nice. Oh, there's so much uh, terrain that we could cover dealing within the LGBTQ plus community, um, being an ally. And it's interesting just because I feel like in any class when I walk in, it's just like, ah, another white guy. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, wait, hold on. I mean, I am a white guy, but like, I'm an ally here. Like, you know, whatever. Like, you do what with whom in what ways? That's fine. Like, as long as it's consensual, I don't care. Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't bother me, and if anything, I find it uh, socially, it's more interesting. It's more interesting when people are different. It's more uh, diverse. It seems more fun. Um, I tend to gravitate towards people who are maybe different. So if I go to a party and a guy's from Nigeria, I'm like, hey, what's going on in Lagos? Hey, what you know? What's going on in Nigeria? Like, there's there's a sort of feel with me about that when it comes to culture. So I'm always interested in other people's experiences and how that influences you know who they become. It was the same thing as me asking you you know where you grew up and then now you're living on the West Coast and then we're briefly talking about California differences between North and South. There's there's so much that goes into when we're working with clients and the sort of connection we have with them, sometimes I feel like in massage school, they're trying to teach you an almost like clinical maintain your distance from the client. And consistently as an educator, I'm going, okay, yeah, when we do have, we need to have appropriate boundaries, but how do we actually connect with the client 
to be able to create communities and be able to keep create referral networks, rebook clients that actually relies on the actual connection, which is part of the reason I think I push target market so heavily because if you really align yourself with the LGBT plus, you know, Q plus community, it means that you can form sort of a referral network where once, you know, uh, Laura likes the service, she's able to tell her friends and the community to go see you because they feel like it's a part of their community. Yep. I completely agree. I, I definitely was taught in massage school that in my, especially in my, in my ethics class, we were taught for sure to have, you know, this emotional boundary, you know, to not have any emotional transference. Um, and so I think that, I think for me, that doesn't work because we're human beings, right? We're, we're relational beings. And so whenever I go get my hair cut, no matter where I go and uh, get my car done, you know, it's like, I want to be comfortable and I want to be comfortable with the person that is, that's providing the service. And yeah. one of the best ways to be able to have comfortability is to find something that you're that relate you two together you know so for me i'm trying anything i can especially the first time someone comes into my studio to find anything i can relate to them with and so if they are in the lgbtq plus community i'm definitely trying to find things that we like you know do we both like singing do we both like rupaul's drag race do we like going to you know the same corner bar. Um, do uh, do we like to wear the same clothes? Um, do whatever it is. I'm just trying to find ways to help them feel comfortable to know I'm a real person to really break that wall. You know, because yeah. they see me online and I'm just you know I'm a two dimensional character online. But when they come into my studio, I'm a human being. So I definitely, for sure, finding anything to relate to the people that see me. That is that is like the key for me. I have people that have scheduled with me just because I'm black. There are people who schedule massages with me just because I'm gay. I have yeah, people yeah. who schedule with me just because I'm a part of the leather community. There are people who schedule with me just because I'm in the bear community, and I also I also um, cater to you know plus size people. They're like, oh, you you won't judge me because I'm 350 pounds. I definitely want to come see you. So. Yep. I and I relate all of that stuff on my social media talking about how if you're big and beautiful that's beautiful to me you know I so anything to relate to people that is for sure a major component of what I do It's it's so interesting because that just isn't the verbiage that I see being passed around from massage school um I'm usually trying to get the therapist because I primarily deal with pain management. There's a little bit more verbal conversation about pressure, uh, positioning, angle, leverage, all of these things. And then like the conversation we just had, it's so much about like, what do you do in your free time? And like, what do you, what, what are you into? What are your interests? Um, it's hard to like lay out a script for how other therapists interact with their clients to be able to build connection and rapport, which is really what it's about. I think also in the era of me too, as an educator, I've hit this thing where, you know, 
it's like um especially between uh men and women it's like this you know this this clash this kind of battle about me too stuff and it's like yo 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 it's just a people problem it ain't a man or woman problem it's like men in america do not touch i'm a massage therapist for a living you know i have friends long term friends from lsu years ago that couldn't understand that i could work on men with the same sort of nurturing, caring intimacy that I could work on women because they don't have any background for what that is. Men in America do not touch. And in a, in a realm of like a complete dearth, a complete lack of touch, I think it makes uh, men, I'll say cishet men in their relationships, I speculate about this, they're trying to get all of their touch needs met by the romantic partner. Instead of coming to see someone like me. So what I see, and I always joke about this in class, if I work on guys who are in the CrossFit community, my way of interacting with them is very like fist bump, oil change. We're going to work on your hip, get going, get you lifting, squatting, doing your CrossFit. But my sessions are three hours long. Like I'm crawling all over this guy. And what I tell my students is that guy doesn't go home and tell his wife, Robert helps me with my touch needs. <laughs> Absolutely. But I do. But I do. And the thing is, you and I as educators, you know, in our industry, we're trying to make people comfortable, not just with massage. We're trying to make people comfortable with touch. And being comfortable with touch, interaction, conversation gets to an area in, in relation to consent, which is where a lot of the Me Too issues are coming up. It's like I feel like we're on the front lines, in a sense, of a culture war, even though the rest of the industry isn't really dealing with that. One of the reasons I like to you know, promote myself as an ally is I want people to understand that wherever they are, I'm willing to work on them. And because I deal with chronic pain specifically, it's like, I didn't care. Are you gay? Are, are you transgender? Okay, can you work on me and make the pain go away? Great, let's get to work. Like, I don't... <laughs> I didn't care what, what your background was or whatever. So it's also difficult to explain when you're a 25-year-old guy like I was. You go to massage school, and then all of a sudden, all your touch issues, uh, sexuality issues, gender-related issues, even roles about, like, you know, what are men? What are women? Mm -hmm. You know, gender gendered things where it's like you're making certain culturally sanctioned you know presuppositions i think our industry in some ways just completely you know is just a battering ram about like me too related issues and then for me as an educator i can be in a class i think 80 percent of the massage industry are women women consistently are asking me in class how do they keep themselves safe and I have to go, okay, one, let's try to keep you safe within your practice. Now, two, how do we transform society so women are safe everywhere? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's, I, so the, the bulk of my clients are men. And so I do that intentionally because male intimacy is, is an issue for sure. And I tell a number of the people that see me that, you know, massage, it's kind of a, it's, it's, uh, it's like a, it's not a bait and switch, but I tell people that, yes, I am massaging you, but my business is really intimacy. I really am learning 
and you're learning how to be comfortable with another person touching your body in a non-sexual way, especially, like you said, with dudes. And so, especially with the work that I do now, I almost exclusively do fully clothed, like, table work. And so, just like you said, I'm crawling, like, my legs are between theirs. I'm like, my knees are in their glutes, like, I'm crawling on top of them. Like, I'm putting them in these really awkward, like, twister, (laughs) you know, positions. And so it is much more intimate, uh, the work I do now, versus when I was doing the whole, you know, cream glide and nudity thing, you know, when they're under a sheet. That is, there is a barrier. The table is a barrier. And so with them being fully clothed, it is more intimate. But people relax a little bit more because the clothes are on. And I think that, one, me being a gay guy, I think women feel much more comfortable with me massaging them. Whether it is the traditional Western style of being naked under a sheet or now with the fully clothed work, they feel more safe just because I'm gay. You know, there's something in their brain that goes, oh, he's, oh, he's just like us. All right. You know, and so they feel more comfortable with that. But even more so when they have their clothes on, it is just like a deep level of relaxation. And even more so with the trans men and women who are going through their transitions, who maybe have scars, who maybe are really insecure about their body. Being able to keep their clothes on makes them feel so comfortable. And that is really like the the crux, the main the, the, the main thing that I really want with people is if I can get you to feel comfortable and to get yeah. your brain to relax a little bit, then everything else will follow suit. So I think you're right. Massage is definitely backing up. It is at like the forefront of this like culture war of intimacy and touch. I mean, that's what we do for a living. And it's kind of crazy to think that we would just expect people to just, for the first time seeing us, to get naked underneath the sheet and have us rub their body. It's like, we haven't gone on a first date. Like, I don't know anything about you. (laughs) Why would I be comfortable with you touching my naked body? Like, I don't even know you, you know? So I've had clients who've, who've never had massage ever in their lives. And the first massage they've had is fully clothed on a table. And then I tell them about what traditional Western massage is. And they're so confused. They're like, why do people take off their clothes? Why are you putting oil yeah. on my body? Like, they don't understand how crazy... They they understand how crazy that is to a random human being. And so, it just the perspective is so funny to me. Take just a quick break. For a limited time, Robert Gardner Wellness is offering a free 30-day trial of his industry-leading subscription service. Reboot Insiders Club. That's right. Your first month is free of charge, and after that, it's only $7 per month to continue your subscription. Don't worry. You can cancel at any time, and if you cancel before the 30 days, you will not be charged. Inside, you'll learn massage and body techniques and how to thrive in business for only $7 per month. You get access to over 350-plus hours of online classes, including table and mat work and business and marketing. Membership to our Facebook group exclusively for subscribers. And additionally, you'll receive occasional bonuses. And in the past, we've given additional NCBTMB approved home study courses with CE credit. So don't wait. Get your free trial today. Head on over to 
R-G-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S dot S-T-O-R-E. That's rgwellness.store. Can't wait for you to join our subscription service. I'm on this show. Okay, so I, I want I love that I have haters. That makes I, me so happy. I want to ask you a question about, uh, like, in English, you know, there there are appropriations that, that people people do. But like, how do you deal with with uh, bilingual people or people who 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 don't know correct pronouns and what uh, in other languages? Like, how how does how oh, is that that's a good question. You? Yeah. Um, so I haven't had, I have a couple clients that uh, don't speak English at all, but like they bring, like they'll have a relative come in and because my sessions are fully clothed, you know, they'll just stay in the room. So I'll have like one guy brought, um, his, uh, brother in and his brother just, uh, sat on the, uh, couch while I worked on him. And then I would like look at his brother, ask a question, and he related to the guy that's on, you know, his brother on the table. Mm -hmm. And so, but they were straight. So um, I haven't dealt with a situation of bilingual pronoun issues. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyone who's Latina or Latinx or um, no matter French or whatever, I actually haven't dealt with that yet. So. I don't know. I haven't. I just. I've. Yeah. I haven't dealt with that. Yeah. I, is, that, I is that? Am I? Am I answering your question? Is that? Yeah. I mean, I expected the question, the answer to be, I don't know, because I don't hear much about it regularly anyway. Like, I don't hear about other other cultures other than English speaking talking about. Although I know that. Yeah. I know that uh, culturally in Canada. There's a lot more discussion. I would assume the French-speaking uh, culture would know a little bit more about it, uh, but I I don't know much about it internationally. And since like a, a growing number of Robert's audience is becoming international, just understanding how to approach it that from that from that aspect, and also like I'm trying to figure out how to 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 properly communicate the the question that came in from the from the phone but i'm still trying to to figure out a right way to say it because um you you said that you've also worked with heterosexual people and um i guess he was kind of wondering like how how does that like how do people how do people perceive like uh how do they know how to to behave in in the situation? Uh, not so, in so the situation, but like you know, I'm trying to say the right thing, and I'm just probably not saying the right thing. <laughs> no, so, are you sorry? Are you asking in reference to massage? How straight? Yes, yes, like, yes. How how straight um, practitioners like how they navigate the pronoun I, game? Or are you asking about? Well, no, I think like, I think you, I think you kind of answered that. It was more of he was he I, I think maybe he was he was asking number one, okay, that he he thinks the massage business is all sexually triggered or sexually oriented. That was one of the things that he said. And Okay. So then he was like 
I guess maybe he might have been fantasizing a little bit out, like, having you, since you're here, he was kind of asking, like, okay, if, is this a problem within the within the LGBTQ Q plus community as well, the perception of massage being sexually... Uh, oh, okay. You know okay. what I mean? So those, okay. okay, so those, okay. So those, are the, so those two separate questions, so one is about the pronoun I, I was thing, and to one take, is about the I was trying sexual to take, thing. I was trying to take the vulgarity, vulgarity out of it all. <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Yeah, two questions, okay. I guess. Yeah, two questions. So, um... So I'll answer the second one because that's a really good question. So, um, sex, I mean, yeah, massage is in it for a lot of people. It is, especially in the gay community. So there's lots of porn where you can, there's like massage porn where like there's one get, you know, it's like a, you know, like a, a mobile massage. The massage therapist will go to the person's house and then they're setting up the table and then they're rubbing their body and then they start all of a sudden, you know, touching between their legs and then it gets super sexual. So massage porn is out there. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have a lot of guys that come see me who like a lot of gay guys who come see me who are expecting for me to like blow them or jack them off or whatever because they saw it in porn and it's a fantasy to come see me. And so during the intake, I'm very clear about those things. I point to my credential on the wall mm-hmm. and I say before you get on this table, I want to let you know, one, you already know this is a fully clothed session. So you already know coming in that you're going to have your clothes on. Mm-hmm. So they already know that. They already know that I'm keeping my clothes on. But I explicitly say, because I'm a licensed therapist, that means that there will be no fucking, sucking, rimming, ejaculations, and none of that's happening. Mm-hmm. So I'm very clear and explicit and vulgar on purpose to make it clear to them that this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't use that language with women, but I use it with guys that, you know, you get your spidey senses are like, oh, he he thinks something's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not, I don't bullshit with you. I want to tell you straight up, no hand jobs, you know? So, and if that's what you want, hey, there's the door. There are tens of guys. Go on and you can find people to do all that stuff. Yeah. But, that's not what I do. So I'm very clear and vulgar and specific on purpose. So mm-hmm. it shocks their, their nervous system to go, oh, shit, this guy is for, for, for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And so, and, they, and I've had everyone stay except for one. There was one guy back in Columbus that said, okay, that's what I wanted. You're not having that. Then I will leave. I said, perfect. Have a great day. Good luck. And I'm not mean about it, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. want to shame. I don't want to shame was, them for yeah, wanting and that. That was the whole. That was the whole point. Yeah, I, I have a, I have weird dealings, you know, as a cishet male. Um, so, for instance, Michael in the Austin area, this happened years ago, where like some friends of friends were in the kink and like BDSM related communities, and then somebody hooked into me because my work was clothed. And they said, hey, listen, you know, I've got bruises because I'm part of the BDSM community and I have so-and-so spank me or paddle me or something. And I was like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. And the thing is, they were actually afraid to go to another massage therapist that they didn't vet because they were afraid the therapist was going to see bruises and then call like the police or something and report like spouse abuse. And I was like, Oh wow. I never even, I never even considered that as like an issue or concern. But the thing is it, 
it's interesting for me to hear what you're saying and to see like I've seen some similar things in my own practice for, but from a different vantage point where it's like you're talking about some of the work that you and I share, you know, being clothed. So it gives you certain advantages and it allows you maybe to be a little bit more flexible in what you offer to be able to navigate what can be murky waters. But then in the end, when you said that you don't shame them, that's exactly the way I feel. And I've been quite controversial in the massage industry for basically saying, listen, regulation seems to have failed to separate us from the sex trade. Why don't we just make prostitution legal? And then a firestorm erupts. But I'm like, listen, I don't shame people who are involved in the BDSM community. I don't shame people who are working out their sexuality with consenting adults. I don't shame people who are doing things that they want to do, including the fact that they have some weird fantasy about, you know, you said like porn and like massage and, you know, sex. It's just we need to be able to somehow figure out a way to consistently separate ourselves as professionals while at the same time not denigrating. Like I have a problem sometimes online when I see therapists and understandably so women are frustrated. They're frustrated. And when they write on a forum and they say, you know, I'm not a whore and I'm like, okay, I understand that. But do you understand? It's kind of like you're calling other people that and sort of shaming people who choose to work in the sex industry or the sex trade or deal with sex work. I don't want people to confuse this with what I do, but I don't want to denigrate their profession either. That's their business. It's their choice. And whatever people do choose, I just want them to be safe in choosing that. Yep, absolutely. And I, I, yes, to, to add on to that for sure. I think that, um, yes, it's, our our industry we're in this we're in this gray area. It's just the United States. We just have we don't have regulation to to really specifically separate yeah massage work from sex work. We just don't. You know, um, I love <clears throat> I love the interview that um, another podcast uh, two massage therapists on a microphone up in Canada. They interviewed a lady who was the manager of a business that is separate from massage. And I guess up in Canada, they have registered massage therapists. And then they also have what are called body rub parlors. And they're two separate entities and they operate by two separate rules. And so there is a delineation. And so uh, I think that in the United States, we just need something like that. But in the meantime, in 2019, it's not there yet. So massage therapists have to recognize that they're going to continually get these phone calls. They're going to get these emails and texts from guys and women asking for these services. And to not shame these people, but just recognize that the industry in the U.S., that is what it is now. To be a realist, to not shame these people, to have them, rec- have them recognize you are a licensed therapist and you don't provide those services. And so to just move on, there's no shaming that needs to be allowed at all. Yeah, so just the, the challenge is, as a, as a licensed therapist is it also creates a weird situation where if I encounter someone who's looking for that service, I can't refer them out. I can't say, listen, that's not what I do, but you can go here. 
because right. the service they're trying to procure is illegal. So it just it gets into these increasingly you know murky areas, and then when you start yeah. talking about the sex trade related to our industry, you start talking about human trafficking, mm-hmm. and it's like it's so frustrating to me because you know I went into massage and body work because of chronic pain, and then I go okay chiropractors don't deal with the sex trafficking industry. Like physical therapists don't deal with human trafficking as an industry. Like why do we as massage therapists deal with human trafficking as an industry? And it's like, it's because regulation is low enough that people can use this, you know, in massage, they can use it as a front for whatever illegal activities they're doing. So the thing is, I'm actually very torn about regulation itself and how to handle the issue because as an ally, I don't want human trafficking, but I'm like, but there are already laws against human trafficking. You don't need to give me more fees to try to deal with some other industry. There, that stuff's already illegal. Like, go prosecute them. This is not supposed to be happening. It is. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, it's problematic for sure. And yeah, I don't really know what the answers are. I think even if we were to try to regulate sex work, I still think that the infrastructure of trying to do that um, uh, and enforcing the policy is just right now a big, it's, it's, a, it's a Goliath. Trying to implement the policy, even of that, I think is just really difficult right now in the U.S., which already has our own issues with sexuality overall since like the inception of our country we just don't have a grasp on it even in our own interpersonal communications so um i think as of right now we can only just stay in our own lane uh, stay in our own lane and then just help these people recognize that are asking for these services that we don't provide these and have them move on their way and so not shaming them. And so uh, that's that's really all we really can do because shame is a big part, I think, of... Um, it's, it's a bit... I mean, it's a big part of, I think, one of the reasons why a lot of people like to come see me um, uh, in relation to specifically, like, the plus-size work I do um, is because they're being body shamed, they're being shamed just because of their body. Um, a lot of the LGBTQ plus people are being shamed because of just who they are as people. And so to know that someone's shaming you of just who you are as a person, um, shuts you down. And so a lot of guys that come see me that want these sexual services, they're really looking for intimacy. They're not really even looking for yes, yeah, some of them want hand jobs and stuff, but they're really looking for intimacy. Quick break. Okay, so uh, on Facebook, oh, this is fun. As a uh, oh, he's uh, is just he still on the. Uh, no, no. Can you guys hear me? C- can you guys hear me? Oh, snap. Uh, Sorry. Can, yeah, my bad. Sorry. Can you guys hear me now? Oh, okay. I had muted the call so that I could uh, talk to the Skype caller. And um, anyway, in the previous um, break, we forgot to bring you back in. 
Michael, can you uh, can you let us know where we can find you and uh, and how people can get a hold of you? If you're enjoying this episode and you would like to support Robert Gardner Wellness, head on over to rgwellness.store to see all of the products that we currently have in our marketplace. Uh, as well as earlier mentioned, there was the free, first month free, uh, the ins- Insiders Club, Reboot Insiders Club. There's also workbooks, uh, DVDs, digital copies, digital downloads. There's a bunch of different things um, inside of the RG Wellness store. I highly recommend you go on over there and check it out. See if there's something that will help you improve your practice and increase your clients or or knowledge with your students. And uh, once again, that's rgwellness.store. Thank you for listening to this episode. Okay. Um, so in the last 15 minutes, we've been trying to do this uh, where we take questions and calls from from uh, from people and from viewers. And we haven't had this much uh, callers and chatters. And you are a really popular person. You and... So I'd like to answer. I'd like to bring up some of these things that the that the Facebook audience, YouTube, uh, and other platform audience, and as well as the caller, has been have been talking about. So Tanya Rodriguez has a lot to say, uh, and they uh, she was a little bit frustrated with the previous caller, um, and from from what has been saying, and that she feels like. Um, the conversation has kind of cornered you and I'm trying to just kind of, uh, make sure that you're comfortable with the conversation and and let her know that it's comfortable. Um, and, and I'm, yeah. Really speak up for yourself and to be present in who you are. So. Um, that's the way I was raised. That's who I am. I'm very comfortable talking about these things. And I, uh, the more I could talk about them, the better, because everyone needs to hear what I have to say. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and, and she was concerned about um, your ethnicity and in relation and things like that. So just wanted to make that sure that that's, that's clear. Uh, and then Carolyn, she, she's been searching to take a class from Robert and wants to know how she can get uh, more information about taking that class. Oh, a, a class from, oh, this is a Rob, question for Robert. This is a question for Robert. Yeah, so Carolyn, classes, uh, class dates are going to come out in the new year in the coming month or so. Um, we're trying to organize to set up in-person class dates. If you can write in the comments and let me know where you are, that'll give me a better idea of what class to kind of refer you to. But we're going to list class dates on my store, robertgardnerwellness.com, when we can. Yeah, uh, when initially when uh, I just answering back real quick to Tanya, Tanya, initially when I came back in from the break, I didn't have uh, I didn't have their audio coming back through, but they're relatively the same um, information is there now. Um, so there's a lot here and I want to break down the Tanya questions and then maybe you guys can just finish it out with Tanya's questions. Um, she wants to talk about I'm going to just list it off 
uh, and then you guys can pick and choose. She wants Great. to talk about stereotyping in massage. She wants to talk about um, effective techniques in massage. She wants to talk about uh, the the controversy of Asian massage being tied to human trafficking. And yeah. let's see. Um, and, and and lastly, she wants to be concerned about sexualizing massage. And then um, the caller was more interested on your sexual history. But uh, we can... Me? No, well, yours. He called. He called. He he, he, he called you. He called. He called. He called you Obi Wan Kenobi. And, oh, nice. And, and he was more concerned about uh, the truth of of whether um, whether he's the he he called himself the gay massage police, and he he wanted to make sure that you were telling the truth. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, and... I know because it's because it's hard to believe, right? Just really quickly on that point, it's hard yeah. to believe that as an openly gay guy doing massage, that I'm not giving hand jobs, that I'm not doing anything sexual. I know it's hard to believe. I am one of the few people that I know that actually is a legitimate therapist. It's hard to believe because it's such a slippery slope. It's so easy to find guys that do that stuff. So. The reason why the people love me so much is because I have strong boundaries and because I, they know I'm not playing around and I'm credentialed and I know the 206 bones of the body. I know anatomy. I have um, business licenses. They're all up on my wall. So everyone knows my credential and that's why I'm being successful because I have a hard line. Yeah, so... Um... Tanya when it comes to stereotypes, that, that first question, stereotypes, like the way people look at our industry, yeah. there was something I did in Massage Entrepreneurs years ago, and, and I basically told massage therapists the following. I said, listen, the reason our industry is sexualized is because of you. And massage therapists got horribly angry and said, you're victim blaming. And I'm like, no, you need to pick up your phone and you need to teach them what they do, what we do. If you do not pick up your phone and teach them what we do, all they know is Pornhub and Phoebe from Friends. If you do not go out and educate people on what you do specifically, it's understood that the public thinks massage is whatever they're presented with by Hollywood, TV, and film. Yeah, and I think – and if I could add yeah. to, to, to validating that, you said that most a lot of massage therapists see promotion of their business as um, selling – like I'm available, whereas like they're not educating by by saying this is the services that I that I'm doing and this is my day to day lifestyle. And then so so Tanya said back to that 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 um um in general uh black people are sexualized in the industry, women or men, or people of color. I think to even. To, I could see that. that. I don't step. have any experience of it, but I could maybe see that. Yeah. But she said specifically. Do, do you notice anything about that, Michael? Well, I was going to say, I think that, yes, she's right. So the majority of people that come see me are white people. Um, and me being a black man, in general, no matter if I'm gay or straight, black men are sexualized in general. You think of, you know, Shaft from the 70s. 
Um, you know, you think about think about any kind of well-known black male actor. He's probably either funny and or really attractive with like big muscles and he's just like the suave guy in these movies. And so black men are definitely sexualized for sure. It is a fetish. So it is so for me, that's something I do recognize that there are people who may not want a massage from me just because I'm a black person. There are people that definitely want to see me because maybe they're fetishizing a black man. They want to be touched by a black guy. And so they come see me for that also. So I yeah. think she's definitely right for sure. There is, that is an aspect of what, I, uh, what I'm pre- being perceived as. But I don't assume that is the case with people that see me. I never go into a session thinking, oh, they're sexualizing me because that can affect really the energy of the space. Everyone yeah. is who they are, and I respect them. With with women in my in my classes, we talk about some of these things, and I try to like create an open dialogue where my students. And again, when eighty percent of the industry is women, and I'm part of the other twenty percent, I'm trying to have them educate me in the midst of having this class. And one of the things that I did is my business name is Robert Gardner Wellness. Um, I'm in my videos. I've got a beard. People get a chance to hear me, talk to me, see me, you know, uh, hear my voice. So it wasn't going to do any good. Like I'm the one delivering the service. So they need to be okay with me, whatever that is. Video gave me a chance to put that out there. The other part is women sometimes, I've talked to women in the industry, they don't want to put photos of themselves on their website because they're afraid that guys, let's say you know, straight guys, are picking out women because they're attractive. And I'm like, okay, I mean, I don't want your photos to be sexual in any way, but at the same time, like you have to connect with clients. And the quicker you connect with your clients and build a referral network, you don't have to deal with those phone calls. Like, you know, if you really push and, and, and mine your networks and mine your audience that really wants to work with you in, in a legitimate way, I think you'll have less of that to deal with. The challenge is I, as an educator, I can't do anything about society at large. I mean, I could speak out about it, but it do, I can't change society in the way it views my industry. I can only change my personal behaviors. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think that, uh, you know, I'm speaking from a place of privilege. I'm a guy. I am um, a cisgendered guy. So I don't know what it's like to be a female body person or be or to be female presenting. I don't know what that's like. I, I think that this industry is for sure very difficult for them uh, in that sense of being you know, sexualized and really having in the back of their mind the idea of not wanting to put their photos on a website. Um, but I think part of it is it's 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 a part of what we do. It's like you have to you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's like, yeah. uh, which is a crazy phrase. Um, but um, <laughs> that 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 phrase has always been so weird to me. But I think that recognizing that you're in an industry that some people see as sexual is good to know, but it's also good to know that there are lots of people out there that aren't thinking about this at all. 
there are lots of men out there who don't think of this as sexual at all. They really want your services because they like you and what you do. So coming at a, at a place of um, not innocence, but just recognizing that there's lots of people that want to see you for different reasons. And a lot of those reasons being very positive because they like you and what you are doing should influence these practitioners to want to have photos and videos of their work on their site. I just think that we're visual people. Massage is visual. Massage is one of those services, especially now, um, where most people are naked underneath a sheet. And so, especially if you're seeing this person for the first time, you don't know what you're going to expect. It's like, if I'm going to buy an iPhone, I've already seen pictures of iPhones. I know what they look like. I know what the buttons look like. I know the functionality of them. So when I go to buy one, I know exactly what I want. When I'm going to get a massage, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get. So I need to have pictures and photos and you. I need to see what I'm going to get before I buy it. So we just need to separate ourselves from our own ego and, you know, and just recognize that we are providing a service. It's like getting a haircut. I want to see what the barber, I want to see haircuts of other people. I want to see him cutting hair. I want to see a massage therapist doing massage. I want to see them doing the things that I want to be done to myself. Yeah. When it, when it comes to Thai massage, they were asking about um, Asian massage and sort oh, of yeah. the you know, assumptions people are making. And I'm, I'm a you know, white guy from South Louisiana who teaches Thai massage. I've never been to Thailand. I wrote 700 pages of sequence manuals and nine DVDs worth of core content. And when I finally realized, okay, listen, quit thinking of it as time massage. Just look at, look at the practice from a utilitarian standpoint. The people are clothed and you can do it publicly, which means you could film and photo document almost everything. And then that was essentially what gave birth to time massage jam. So I was trying to give homage to the Thai people and sort of honor this sort of lineage that had been passed on to me, while at the same time figuring out how do you desexualize Thai massage as an Asian form of body work. And I said, well, we have this event called Thai Massage Jam. And they went, what's that? And I'm like, it's the first community body work event in America. And they're like, what? You have naked people? Lying? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Everyone is clothed. Everyone's on a mat. Everyone is working publicly, and here's what they get to really work on, Michael Quinichet. And then, fortunately, I said your name right. Everybody gets to work on connection, touch, intimacy, you know, uh, touch. You know, I've seen guys come in, they're 20 years old. They come to the time massage jam. There were young ladies at the time massage jam. You could see it, I could see it in their face, Michael. They're so excited because, oh my God, I get to touch a girl. And then they would come back week after week. And then what would happen was they'd finally sit around and there was a group of guys. Everybody's partnered up. And the guy would finally look at the other guy and say, oh, will you work on me? And I'm like, now you get it. Because we were you know, battering that socially and saying massage is now public. We'll take a quick break. So, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. It's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I wanted to thank Michael Quinichet for coming along and having this conversation with me. Michael, it looks like we're going to do this again. Um, can you tell them where they can find you one last time? Sure. So, my website is qsmassagestudio.com, qsmassagestudio.com. 
You can also find me on Facebook. Uh, just type in Q's Massage Studio. You can also find my handle, Q's Massage Studio, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn and YouTube. Just type in Q's Massage Studio. Nice. Listen, thank you so much for Michael for uh, discussing that kind of opening up some of that dialogue and giving sort of a unique perspective. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. No, I appreciate you welcoming me. This is awesome. Uh, I can talk about this for hours. So by all means, look <laughs> forward to the next time. Nice. Thank you.